Hi, I'm Ricardo Deacon. Hi, I'm Orla Venus. <laughs> and welcome to the Recommendation Game, a film of the week podcast where we take turns to pick a movie that the other person hasn't seen. Then we watch it and we meet to discuss it. Yes, we uh, do. You're listening to Dublin Digital Radio. And uh, today's film was chosen by Orla. It is Moonlight Kingdom. <laughs> uh, actually, it is just Moonrise uh, from 1948. It is um, a film. <laughs> I have to look at the fucking phone because I didn't write Ricardo anything. did not print off. My one job. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, mm-hmm. You chilled the beans there. Uh, <laughs> Summer done. Uh, it is directed by Frank Borzaghi, produced by Charles F. Haas, screenplay by Charles F. Haas, based on the novel Moonrise by Theodore Strauss, starring Dane Clark, Gail Russell, and Ethel. Ethel? Ethel? Ethel. Ethel Barrymore. <laughs> It fell. It is music by William Lava. What a name. Yeah. <laughs> you gotta love it. Uh, cinematographer by John L. Russell. Uh, he did Psycho, didn't he? He did. Okay. Edited by Harry Keller. And that's the things. And then the <laughs> synopsis is In the tiny community of Woodsville, young Danny Hawkins is constantly tormented by his fellow townspeople because his father was put to death for killing another man. When he hopes to put his dark family history behind him and begin a relationship with warm-hearted teacher Jilly Johnson, local bullies try Gilly. to... Gilly. Gilly, sorry. <laughs> like a ghillie suit. Okay, I got it. Uh, he wants a relationship with Gilly and then local bullies try to put a stop to the romance by jumping Danny. Ooh, jump. <laughs> Get up. Uh, after accidentally killing one of his attackers. Wait, wait. What the fuck? There's only one attacker. Yeah. I'm... After accidentally writing the synopsis, the synopsis incorrectly, uh, he kills Bo Bridges. Uh, must struggle to escape the same fate as his father. <laughs> Seamless. 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 <laughs> Seamless. And with so I... much effort. I feel like this bodes very well. <laughs> thank you thank you professional to the end that is me well considering you're reading that from like the uh the mobile version of wikipedia i don't think that was too bad oh like uh, it was like the google page where you oh. get the synopsis you didn't even click through ser- serious effort going on here oh yes yeah. um it's sunday evening and it's very warm <laughs> i make myself we could have been barbecuing but no we're recording a well, podcast i mean we could have been recording like an hour ago <laughs> Hi, Orla. Uh, you picked this movie, why? Uh, because it's only 86 minutes long. <laughs> That's um, a, a dig at my, at my fucking recent picks. Past and future picks. Uh, no, I, I think that well that, that was just a bonus, but uh, I didn't really think about that until I was watching it then. And I was like, oh, <laughs> 86 whole minutes. Um, yeah, I only I only watched this um, quite recently um, when it came out on uh, it was on not the most recent but the one before I think of maybe like the May or April Criterion releases. Yeah, and uh, I basically watched this based on the poster alone. Um, and I was just like, "Yep," and I threw it on, and I was like, "Okay, yes." Um, like I kind of ended up being won over. Firstly, by just the overwhelming atmosphere of this film. Like, it has that, like, like just wonderful, claustrophobic, like, gothic kind of charm. Like, you really feel the weight of the air in this. Like, it, every every shot, it feels... It's a very sweaty movie. It's very... Everything everything feels very close. Um, yeah. Uh, and I think part of that is, is just the absolutely phenomenal cinematography. Uh, like, this is such a beautiful film. I was watching it again, I was like, god it's just like every frame of this is i mean there's some really beautiful um very high shots that um it's just it's fabulous and um you can really like you said that your man then went on to to shoot psycho um i love that he shot psycho and we still refer to him as your man <laughs> yeah i know well <laughs> what year was psycho 50 50 60 i think it was 60 like on the dot uh, kind of thing. yeah possibly so you know obviously this guy was showing his promise early enough in his career but uh it's just filled with some really like very beautiful imagery um like the opening scene just the the shots of like the sort of the tormenting of this child uh and like the like just like the use of the noose and some really really dark like it's just 
like fundamentally very dark very stark imagery um beautifully photographed and like really beautiful use of silhouettes um which when done well is like one of my favorite things like just like we were talking about it when we were talking about seven samurai of like the power of the silhouette um and it's it's just it's a really interesting uh visual tool um it's like it reminds me like um definitely uh, in cold blood but we won't talk about that um and as well, as well i've seen of like um like to kill a mockingbird like it has that small town vibe uh and the like the swampiness of it as well like the real kind of bayou almost element uh which also coincidentally <laughs> this guy likes shooting a swamp when we think of like psycho as yeah. well with psycho containing one of the funniest scenes of all time <laughs> well like uh has he shot anything set in washington dc very good Anyone? took Thanks. me a minute but i got there um <laughs> all this being like visually really interesting um this film has some sort of like it has some really surprising like um really like marvelous dialogue like really beautiful lines um like just kind of like a way of language with language that like it's very 40s but very just it's the mix of the kind of the southern drawl and like just some absolutely beautiful lines like uh, like whenever he's like your man's paying in the diner he's like what's the matter with you I've never seen one that folds <laughs> like, just like to be honest I think this film sells itself on the diner scenes alone like they're just it's just it's so like cranked up but it's so oh god I just oh, the bartender guy yeah. oh it's just like coming in with a malt like it's it's you know it's, it's a malt shop and it's a coffee shop but it's like this tiny it's like it just everything is so looks so much like a set because it is a set but somehow works like the scene where they're waiting for the train oh my god like it's so like blatant but it's just the characters of the guys that are sitting there and it's like this is what they do they sit and they watch the train coming in and like your mind where they're just kind of sitting there and they watch it coming in your mind just kind of goes seven minutes late <laughs> you know like oh the taxi driver is not here he's usually here when the train you know, comes in that. and they don't even like ask your man what his business is they're just like oh where are you going you know or they're just like yeah there's no phone in there like and he's just like don't care and they're like oh coming into our small town acting all high and mighty uh your mom as well like she's not yankee (laughs) just oh fantastic um i do think as well that like he manages like in a very short running time he manages to create some like really like kind of sweet and heartbreaking little relationships um like it's not like it's not really danny's relationship with kind of like the family that he's trying to escape um but like his sort of adopted family of like all these different like like father figures and like you know his relationship with Gilly and I mean we'll get to that because it's obviously kind of problematic <laughs> but um which is just I think it's distracting but I think that like her performance is really great and so is his and as the film develops I think that you start to buy their relationship a lot more than you do in the beginning yeah and I think that like him, his like chronic need to latch on to her like goodness, like the you know the this sort like the sense of purpose that she gives him, and like it's not surprising that he falls in love with this like you know good honest school teacher. Like it's constantly brought up the fact that she's like this. She become you know she's like a moral um, figure within the community, which is interesting yeah. as well. Like being a woman and the fact that like this is one of the very few jobs that a woman could have had in that town. Um, and like it kind of playing into it affecting her career and her standing is kind of interesting as well um but uh it's it's he's such an interesting character to kind of um observe he's a very strange actor like i don't think it completely works in this but there are some scenes where he's i never i don't think i've seen him in anything else he has a marvelous face like very expressive like just i mean it gets it almost gets like streetcar named desire levels of like melodrama which is just like all i could think was richard but um like you know his feeling of like ill fitted richard being one of oh, our sorry. film lecturers <laughs> in loved, college he, he loved douglas sirk and melodramas in general um but uh he really embodies the feeling of being ill-fitted within this sort of social order like he looks uncomfortable in his clothes he, you know like and they're constantly bringing up the fact that like this guy's from the mountains like you know he doesn't and it's like I think a lot of it sort of is like he's built this up in his head you know of like the the the, um, the feeling of being this like constant outsider that everyone is judging him all the time um, 
and uh like he like not having say sort of like being full of conflict but not having like the resources to deal with it not having like the refinement to hide your emotions either like he's so quick to become defensive of when he thinks people are judging him or when he feels trapped like never has like the illustration of a man feeling trapped being better illustrated than like <laughs> when he's on the ferris wheel and he just jumps off it i love that scene and then him waking up just uh but um uh yeah it's like it's an interesting film about kind of like isolation as well and like his relationship with um uh with uh uh what's the name mosey mo um Mo. Mo's? Yeah. Like Mo's. Um, like he has some really like really poignant lines, despite being the sort of wise black character that has still a still a trope that gets like, you know, particularly in southern dramas, like that just gets wheeled out. But or that the guy, Matt Damon golf movie with Will Smith where he literally plays the magic black man. Oh god. Um and like it is it's such a trope, but it's so carried by this guy because he's such a great, like, he's such a great performer. And he has some, like, lines that shouldn't work while he's, like, playing yeah. the guitar, which just made me think of Hail Caesar. But, uh, like, Under the Moonlight, you know? But, um, uh, like, it's, you know, like, really poignant sort of, like, um, lines about, like, isolation and but also self-inflicted isolation from society and how that becomes so dangerous for people. Uh, like, particularly men, particularly at this time. Um, it's like there's a reason why like the the line of that like a man needs a woman was is like you know what I mean like because it's sounds so, like a fucking Neil Young song so so ingrained for so long for a reason like and it's it's very interesting um, of like this kind of like generation of man um, I don't like I don't think it's not it's definitely not a perfect film like it has the strangest ending like <laughs> um, the second work watch it does not work either and it's just it's it's a uh, it's an interesting choice for a movie that is feels like it's on a particular trajectory where you know that he's going to end up with some sort of redemption, but it's so sentimental at the end that it feels yeah. slightly misguided. But at the same time, it's also a little bit of a breath of fresh air in a movie that is does have its sort of like, you know, its gothic noir kind of um, sensibilities to it. Uh, but like, yeah, I just, I love the atmosphere of this film. Like, I, I like just sort of like being with these characters and, and like even just the lines that your man has about like the dogs and everything and like wanting to just inject dignity into daily life and um, yeah I just it has a wonderful sort of like lyrical quality to it other like you know otherworldly but like you know there's nothing you know like realistic about this it feels of that kind of like, like gothic like um, almost fanciful kind of you know with the, the swampiness and everything and I just I love that shit I ate it up so <laughs> further ado Ricardo what did you think well like uh, as a preface uh, always been a big fan of really shittily made B pictures <laughs> as in that's where especially in that era that's where the good work was coming out of Hollywood uh, the Can interesting from a technical, topics will come out technical standpoint as well ah yes and no be like ingenious. Well, making interesting things from nothing yeah being genius how they do it but at the same time is a uh, a lot of the choices are so crazy that they tried to do it to begin with. Well, yeah, yeah. And then the execution <laughs> is—it's more, yeah. Like you're—they're not willing to to get somebody to actually jump off the Ferris wheel or something. <laughs> but uh, and I particularly like uh, Southern Noir, like swampy kind of yeah. uh, Mississippi Delta kind yeah. of Noir um, that is. Something that even nowadays, like the big easy uh, films that I'll forgive a lot more that uh, th this film has flaws, let's say. So I, uh, I was going in already before even starting the film with a lot of goodwill towards it. Yeah. <laughs> and I think that I'm glad that I have that much goodwill towards it because it is a movie that I enjoyed watching it. But I think it's because it nails a lot of the... Uh, the aspects of the genre that I actually enjoy or mm. that era, but there's so much 
problems with, so many problems with the movie in general i think the ending is catastrophically bad <laughs> as in that i w- finished watching and i was He's like going to prison i had this like what a fuck moment because the whole point of noir is to punish the main character like anything the character does but he's already punishing himself thing. for good. yeah but the the redemption should have been like what redemption and noir should be that he be- he gains a personal redemption but it's still punished yeah as in if he goes back and gilly goes oh he's a nice guy after all whatever but then he gets shot or yeah. something you know when he's running through the swamp like all i yeah. thought of was um the circle rouge actually you know yeah. when they do die and you're like good <laughs> you know it's like those characters should have died yeah you know like it, yeah and especially because like you know it's not a very long film and like the section of him running away is long enough yeah for like 15 minutes you know it's like yeah it feels like it should have a better and also it has such a good plant for the ending and it doesn't deliver in it mm. when mo goes are you don't tell me you're gonna make me hunt my own friend yeah and then the, the dog sheriff goes him. easy on him yeah no like not only that the sheriff goes easy on him and says oh i didn't want to keep the if i kept the noose loose enough you do the right decision but when the dogs see him, <laughs> the little dog that he kicked earlier on just yeah. goes and they, like they start petting each other or whatever. Petting each other? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Have you ever met a dog? Yeah, like, I, I love dogs. <laughs> They're my favorite things. Uh, but like that, the ending is always the what well, we've discussed before. The, somehow a good ending for an average movie makes you feel that the movie is better than it was because you're you leave yeah it's the last thing you satisfied yeah and this is left me so unsatisfied i had one of those like what the fuck moments <laughs> that i was like ah no it's like, so bizarre like it really is it's just kind of funny if you want the second time you watch it because you know it's coming and you're like oh jesus <laughs> you know, it's like, and so, like it doesn't so have silly. anything in the movie that is pointing to that no. direction um uh, i like the beginning the middle really sags uh where where particularly like particularly the back and forth about like supposedly the investigation and then the sheriff from nowhere goes goes interviews the singer that is the first uh accused and everybody says in the beginning like even the the friend of the sheriff the really old uh civil war veteran that is like 110 years old the complains that he didn't uh put the singer in jail because he had enough reason there wasn't even evidence or whatever <laughs> it's just like oh you have enough why he may have, make left. Your life he may have left the party at some point like so uh and then the next thing he's having a discussion with gilly saying oh yeah i know it was danny hawkins <laughs> immediately in in the beginning it's kind of like the evidence well, is no, pointing before, to Danny before already. that Danny's already Danny does something in between that though no like in between he, the by evidence by acting is like already, the guiltiest man no, no. <laughs> yeah. but also like the, the thing with the knife and the shit yeah. that, like at, at that stage it's already like pure obvious as in that he doesn't do anything in between interviewing the singer and afterwards he mm. already done all his guilty work <laughs> before the knife oh my god like he already jumped off the fucking ferris <laughs> after like the sheriff is in the seat behind him and it's like dude the concept of ferris wheels doesn't seem to get through your fucking skull just because wait a second not only that is that your man is never going to be able to well, catch yeah, that, him up that's true. <laughs> it's, it's, it's not like that he's in a formula one car where like less engine power that like he can't do anything to catch up he got in first so he'd be coming out first you know like, there is a system man just <laughs> stick to it it does just make me think of that scene in um the oc whenever yeah. ryan has like a panic attack but marissa that comes and down by kissing him but the the performance of the oh yeah fucking then he becomes a prize fighter uh, <laughs> only after she dies spoiler alert for the yeah, OC fucking, what was the song Snow Patrol or something starts playing or was it Jeff Buckley Hallelujah uh, I think I Hallelujah yeah but the <laughs> it's very sad yeah fuck up yeah like because the, like shitty like the car accident in this movie it's more realistic than that car accident <laughs> yeah I forgot <laughs> I love that we're like nobody's even remotely injured. He's going like seventy miles an hour. 
Yeah, and as well, like, you know, what, uh, Gilly seems to be so cold dead. As a, uh, uh, yeah, and then he, because I was just like, oh, Jesus. And then she's just kind of like, oh. It's like, and nobody in the town gives a shit that he wrecked your man's car. Even, like, the friend, supposedly his best friend, is never to be mentioned again throughout the movie. <laughs> it just abandons so much of the good work that it does in the opening scenes about even, yeah. like, the Brothers Pond and the... The concept of how the town works and yeah, Bo that. Bridges being fucking Bo Bridges. He always <laughs> plays slimy fuckers. Except, oh yeah, he did also play Jefferson Davis, the president of the Confederacy in the Patrick Swayze TV show, North and South. Um, okay. <laughs> well, man, like Patrick Swayze in a 1980s miniseries about the Civil War and they don't even bother to take his oh mullet God. off. It's amazing. <laughs> it's incredible. I'm it's sure inc- that was in his contract. Like <laughs> it was gener- like a good TV show for the first two seasons, but apparently like, the third season didn't even bother. Like <laughs> some really poignant moments. But coming back to this, uh, the uh, Bo Bridges is great in the the little part that he has in the the beginning. Yeah. But I think that the the build up for one was like Danny Hawkins did saying Danny Hawkins did was saying it's so fucked up. I just want to like sing that to like it, just go yeah. to the deep south find Danny Hawkins because you the, know there's one there. Yeah, like. like <laughs> but in general, like I think the um, thing that carried the movie over the top into actually enjoying mm. it more than forgive it. Because I was going to enjoy it altogether, but because it's it is like fun. a movie that <laughs> like... is very much built for me. It's a melodramatic film noir set in swampy or whatever. Oh, so so there was no way I wasn't going to enjoy it. But at the same time, the, the thing that put it over the top from being a movie that I enjoyed, that I know is a bad movie, to one that I the good outweighs the bad is the portrayal of the sheriff i really oh, like he is his great character. and who is that guy i don't know but oh. like he has the face of a character actor that so just good. is given anything and he just choose quietly the scenery reminded yeah. me of tommy lee jones performance in yes! no country for old men oh my god that's exactly what i thought yeah and uh, just it, the quiet and like the weight of the world on his shoulders and also encountering the, things that he's just not quite used to in the kind time. of like poetic understatement in his mm. delivery and his lines like when the uh He's going talking to the doctor and says, "Oh, the human soul is uh, it's uh, more than something that you can chop off in your in your uh, autopsy table, doctor." Mm. And shit like that. That it's uh, the the wane of humanity and what it means to be human and uh, his uh, empathy towards Danny Hawkins and oh, the I understanding love, I love their of little what their, of like you is. know like that kind of town where the sheriff does know everybody yeah. and he knows exactly his past and where he came from and even the fact that they they'll kind of like have little conversations and like hang out in the street or whatever like the and the fact that detective. he doesn't carry a gun or yeah. has any uniform whatever oh yeah no you wouldn't know he was a sheriff yeah, until, until they call him sheriff yeah. I don't know if half of it is. <laughs> Uh, a decision or they run out of budget they, like, <laughs> they spent the entire budget on Bo Bridges white suit <laughs> they absolutely wreck with him falling around the I set I want to go to one of those dances oh my god like yeah. one of like just oh the detail of this is just like the fact that when they're at the dance and he goes up to talk to his friend yeah. and like your man just kind of goes oh we're playing cards later and then just turns around and just launches into the most perfect song called like, Moonrise as well yeah, that is exactly. clearly written oh, for the movie because they so couldn't afford perfect. like well, a Tony yeah. uh, Tony Bennett number or whatever <laughs> the whoever the fuck was big in 1948 it sounds exactly like it and your man's voice is so great it's the just ever oh I love that little... and also the the idea that uh, the, he goes oh I'll, I'll be out uh, after this dance is over and it's like 20 minutes later <laughs> <laughs> the Somehow, like, the number, big band number has to take 15 minutes for the dance. And the dancing is so good as well. I know. Uh, and it's interesting in the character of Danny Hawkins as well, the, how it both uh, portrays the, the character completely unsympathetically, but because of his past and the, the weight of the world in his shoulder and the, the weight of generations on his shoulder... It reminded me at times of the place beyond the points, uh, the idea of uh, oh, the, the sense of your father's thing, uh, yeah. uh, following the, 
thing the video. I wonder if uh, Cam France had watched that. Movie, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. that's it. Atlanta? Well, like, it, it's not set in a specific city, yeah. but it is very much a southern kind yeah. of bayou noir oh, thing. Oh, that is a good call, actually. And But his performance goes from <laughs> I love it to moments that I'm like, what the fuck, man? That's like the scene, pretty much the scenes where he interacts with his family. Like, our, yeah. I mean, oh my God. No, I really enjoyed the, the like, I think it's more when... Uh, how can I put it? Like his scenes with Gilly, besides the trouble that we're gonna get at, mm-hmm. uh, it does, like I think that they have zero chemistry, and also like due to him because she clearly puts her half of yeah. the like look at him lovingly and such. She's such uh, a great face. Yeah, and I think that like particularly the scene that he she goes to visit him in the uh, in Mo's house and to try to convince him yeah. to to give himself up and. It looks like he's doing like an SNL performance, like looking beyond the the screen to look at the cue cards and just deliver the lines. Don't stumble over. Just get through it. The the reaction I have watching him, even though I'd say in his good moments, it's better than this other actor. But it's the same issue that I have with Montgomery Clift as an actor. The when he's on it he's on it mm. but then when he's not on it and it's mm. not like film by film it's scene by scene oh yeah yeah and it's incredibly distracting but it made the scene by the same time because he's so over the top it's so like his voice is good <laughs> yeah that it, it makes uh, i don't know like it, it was enjoyable but in the same sense of like a nicholas cage performance <laughs> that you know that it's bad you know that it's not doing the film any favors but at the same time <laughs> you want to watch it and see where it goes yeah at the same time, because the film is incredibly pulpy with little nuggets of... It feels that at time It's a very um, schizophrenic movie. Yeah. At times, it feels that it is pulp, but written, written by like a genius like Raymond Chandler. The, the fucking line by line. Yeah. It's unbelievable. The, it, it elevates the, the material to somewhere beyond what the material deserves to be mm. but then at other times it is below <laughs> the, the line you know that it goes for the obvious shots or whatever and then like the the clear kind of uh, example of of this uh double personality that the film has is the ending that you have yeah. this brilliant scene with the grandmother yeah. and they're talking about what's going on and hearing the dogs she, from the background i love how she clocks it right away yeah. she's like oh now i know why you're here and like she really good lines and um as well like even just her knowing exactly where him like him to go like really knowing yeah. the landscape around where she lives and everything and like but like very hillbilly kind yeah of exactly but also it's that you can tell that the reason because of that it's because there's the subtext that it's not added that there's another things that elevate the movie is that He's a hillbilly, so yeah. his parents or his family probably were uh, uh, bootleggers during the prohibition. So, yeah. like that, even before his dad uh, was hanged, he they lived outside the law, and that's why she knows where yeah, how to escape. I don't know though; they do kind of make it clear that his father wasn't necessarily, you know, he was a decent man. But yeah, but at the same time, during the prohibition, decent people were uh, doing yeah, it. Yeah. Uh, you just it's went a way up of making a very easy way yeah. of making money. Yeah, yeah, uh, that, I did think of, uh, of justified. <laughs> why lawless? Oh. Uh, no, let's stick with Justified as a reference there because we have something that went for how many seasons and maintained its quality and then we have that movie. Yeah, which Wind is Duffy. Oh, God. <laughs> um, but coming back to this movie, um, the, that moment it's the schizophrenia, the, like the, sorry, my apologies, schizophrenia is not double personality. My apologies, misspoke. The double personality mm. issue that this movie has, the, it goes from that to fucking him going back walking around like he's uh, doing going on a sunday stroll uh, <laughs> through the just, swamp yeah yeah just and then suddenly the swamp becomes open and then everybody just unfriendly shows up out of nowhere and then out of nowhere some dude that clearly wasn't part of the conversation is gonna go and give him like the weirdest cuffs ever and the sheriff's like no let him walk back like a man what i know daddy hawkins what I felt is since mo- he was a boy. This movie at times felt like watching the movie version of a bad Bruce Springsteen song. 
Oh my god, I know exactly what you mean. Oh, it's hilarious is that Ricardo is wearing a white t-shirt and <laughs> jeans. And <laughs> Where's my red hat? But now a red hat has different connotations. Yeah, I was going to say maybe a bandana, you know, in this in a specific pocket. No, because of the, <clears throat> yeah, the, the, the back pocket. <laughs> We've all seen cruising. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, uh, oh yeah, I'll elaborate on that then. <laughs> Like in the your Bruce, Bruce Springsteen analogy. Oh, because like you can just imagine like like Bruce Springsteen doing the, the just, kind of like I want you to sing B side music that is like well Danny Hawkins' dad was hanged <laughs> and then he loved a girl named Gilly or whatever and then it's like and then he ran away from the law or whatever you can just go in and see like call it the river too or something or the swamp or I don't know like it's. Uh, it's brilliant. <laughs> oh, it's even better than I was imagining. Oh, can we please? I want to do like, like boxes today explained where they would literally go off and record a version of that. I think we need to do that after this. That I can just like put in there. Yeah, just got shot to the <laughs> right one. No, but it is. It's like a the fucking oh, like, no, melodrama. It's, very simple. It's kind fucking of. on point. Like just, oh, America. <laughs> yeah. Uh, like, <laughs> He couldn't get a job, but he was laid off from the railroad. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, I think we need to send this to Bruce and uh, see if we can get the boss yeah. Omega. <coughs> Where does the sax solo go? <laughs> yeah, that's the only thing we need. That's get, the main thing. We need to get out. Uh, oh, Clarence. Um, uh, What's his son called? What's Clarence's son called? Uh, it's his nephew, Our Jake. Nephew. Yeah, Jake. We, need get, we need to get Jake involved. Yeah, Jake is a man. Um, yeah, so uh, <laughs> moving swiftly along uh, to the... Uh, Taylor swiftly along. The other... Hey! <laughs> Tay um, <laughs> I'm so warm. <laughs> I'm literally getting the vapors. It is so warm in this room. I'm having to fan myself. Does it feel like you're in the fucking swamps of... Louisiana. Like, even though this is a black and white movie, I was very warm while watching it. But, like, it's in the <laughs> set as well. Like um, I know. You'd, like, that's it. It's like, whenever, like, there's any wind or anything, you can just almost just off-screen see the, like, boy there. With yeah. The, like... well, it, 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 I mentioned in, like, Psycho, it, it seems that they kept the sets of this movie for parts of Psycho. <laughs> especially the, the inside of the house where, like, Anthony oh, Perkins yeah, lives. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, like, even, even the inside of the motel as well. It's all... And, like, the, the and they, home... There's no spatial awareness in the movie whatsoever. <laughs> like, motion is tiny from outside they, they go inside and it's absolutely massive it, it just looks like they borrowed the set of a horror movie or something yeah. that they went and robbed the set from frankenstein for the afternoon to shoot that scene i do thing. love that weird little moment though whenever they're in the old house and there's yeah. like the painting and like gilly's like acting out like these weird yeah and he's just like cut that out gilly and she just runs with it like yeah She's so oh, I love that actress. I I loved her character, but <coughs> God, it's so Nicholas Sparks though, Jesus. But at times, as well, I thought that it was like too perfect. No, 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 too perfect. Yeah. Especially for a film noir, yeah. like you need a little bit more. Like at like least the only she has female agency. character. Yeah. yeah, she is given agency, but at the same time, she is like as as like you know irritated by her own need to be perfect as yeah. she is because she's like talking about how like her job and having to like look after kids and everything and having to like be this moral representative or whatever. She still is like you know the moral representative. Yeah, feels a little bit there to just sort of like you know be there to smile at him whenever he gets handcuffed. You know, it's a little. I felt uh, like even thinking about it, like the the, the fucking <laughs> parallels that would have been absolutely brilliant that they finally find each other and he hangs as well, but yeah. they just cuts with the happy ending that they actually they at least found each other because I feel somehow yeah. that her life should also be ruined yeah it, it should it, she takes it as well far too easily that it's like she takes it far too easily like, that he killed stop, her boyfriend people stop caring that that guy died very quickly <laughs> and you're kind of like hold on a minute like <laughs> well like the sheriff fair enough is uh, when he says the discussion the same about the, the, the cheating well, not the husband. sheriff the sheriff is oh that's such a great line Oh God! What is it he actually says? Where it, like you know, uh, it got to the point where he said it. He said it so many times that she was yeah. cheating. That in the end she did. That it's like you know, sometimes your actions are like, oh God, he's just such a great line. That reminded me of a line in the uh, Lincoln. The Lincoln is talking. Have you seen Spielberg's Lincoln? No. The Lincoln like famously would talk about like 
to show an example of oh, something. Oh, use kind of little parables stories or, or whatever, stories, but yeah. of his life. And he was like, oh, I was representing a, a, a woman that killed her husband because he came in and beat her up every time that he came in drunk. Mm. And then one day she she didn't take it anymore and fucking beat him over the head with a frying pan or something. Mm. And I was representing her and we were like in the the room next door or whatever outside the courtroom and I just opened the windows and let her escape and just stayed there pretending that the meeting was there and it's like just sometimes justice is the 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 law is not the right thing to do either the following mm. the, the, the correct thing the moral thing to do is to let her go there mm. but if you follow justice or whatever that there's gray areas or whatever and it reminded me of that mm. like that idea that sometimes the the person committing the crime is as much as the victim as the person that died. But at the same time, just bullying oh, somebody. It's a little neat, yeah. isn't it? Well, I mean, they give it a little bit of leeway there because it is kind of like self-defense. Sort of. Yeah, like they were in a fight. Like, I think it's not self-defense. It's manslaughter. Oh, well, yes, because it's like, because, yeah, because he comes at him with the rock, but then he's down whenever he actually yeah. kills him. Yeah, so, it's, a, it's a fight. Like, it's yeah. different self-defense that if you killed a dude in one punch when he comes at you with yeah, a knife. Yeah, that, that is self-defense. Yeah. Like, this is manslaughter. And for a second, it's like, that is like uh, more equivalence there to explain an action. Oh, sorry, I just thought I heard something. Like a more equivalence to to forgive an action like that, mm. it should be way bigger than oh he just bullied him a bit. So he yeah. did. I kind of understand why he killed the dude. I think like like I'm not defending any bully ever, but at the same time is one does not uh, equal the other. Yeah. yeah, it's different if you go like oh yeah the dude murdered his mother or something, and then you get into a fight. You're not gonna stop. Mm. You know, it's kind of that's both. Then it becomes the quote-unquote self-defense but also there's a bigger crime that has been committed on top of that yeah so it's a revenge that that is deserved let's say and that's why i think that the punishment should be there let's say if uh, if it was that he killed because your man it's clearly uh, bob bridges is meant to be a scumbag let's say if uh, he was attacking gilly at mm. the moment and that's what the fight was caused instead of them having a fight over who's allowed to fucking dance with Gilly. Yeah. You know. It seems a little frivolous. Yeah. Yeah. But then it's like it's a build up of years or whatever, but at the same time it's not it's not an action that warrants the forgiveness of the film itself yeah, as well. Which it does. Yeah, completely. Weirdly. Yeah. It's funny actually, um just going back to, to the Gilly the Gilly scenes, um and it's something that uh this is like obviously you know, I was never going to watch this at any point and go that, that like that that portrayal is not problematic because this is 1948 and you know, like whatever. But um, it's definitely like the one particular scene that like now in particular I'm just like oh god, this is so problematic. Like I was most it's basically whenever I can't remember exactly where it is. Um, where he basically like forces himself on her. Yeah. Like where he's just like, oh, come on, Gilly, come on, Gilly. And she goes from no to like passionately kissing him. Because and, like, don't you know that like a no is just a, a soft it's yes? It's just a soft yes. And I was just watching it going, oh, God. And it's so funny because I was thinking about um, another movie that we watched uh, not too far uh, away from this. Um, uh, what do you call it? Um, Pick up on South Street. Yeah. And how their scenes, whenever they get together, I don't have as much a problem with because as Because for one, is then Pick Up South Street and this, the issue with this scene in particular is that in Pick Up South Street, you already have delineated why she wouldn't kiss him. It's not mm. because she doesn't like him because the movie has yeah. already attuned that they like each other. Is that she just doesn't want to kiss a lowlife like... Fucking yeah. him, and they're like, like this... the they're like the chemistry of them, like yeah. that they're able to elicit in a set shack, you know. That... A no means a no. <laughs> let me just be clear. Yeah. But at the same time, let's say if, if this movie it had been already clarified that she likes him, mm. let's say even like just a shot of her looking at him like lovingly, mm. and just doesn't do her either because a uh, she is promised to Bo Bridges, yeah. or B that uh, her reputation wouldn't be able to to deal with the fact that she's dating Danny Hawkins. Mm. But if it was clear from the audience point of view that she likes him before this, 
wouldn't be a, and that he knows that she likes him as well yeah is that there he doesn't know that she likes him and we don't know that he she likes him yeah as well. we don't really know the full yeah. background of their relationship at that point and like at some point after that but she says she goes oh i don't know him yeah, at all yeah yeah and it's like ah, i'm like well, i was just watching it and i was like oh god like this is so and it's so funny because you think like oh 1948 and it's like no but then you this is something that is still in films and you're just like for fuck's it's sake like, uh, like this in particular like before recording the podcast it hit me even bigger in the head how problematic it was because i watched this on thursday night or something mm-hmm. and uh yesterday i watched with alex uh my darling clementine yeah and the way that it deals with female characters there and it's like and also the span of time they like always get jarred when they go like oh you've been here for three days or whatever <laughs> it feels like the wife has been there for 22 years and has three kids and know, yeah. one of them is already graduating high school or something oh he's settled yeah but in this case uh oh, it always gives me that line when it's like oh i can almost smell the honeydew blossom no that's me <laughs> <laughs> barbara, barbara. <laughs> Oh god, I love that movie. This, like, the thing that this movie was severely lacking as well was a bit of humor as well. I think it was a little bit up uh, its hole. I thought it was pretty funny. I think that the funny parts are kind of not intentional. Like when he's throwing oh, no. the fucking like he's stomping around like a fucking fourteen year old, and I, I think that it was it it, it reminds me like a toddler. He's not like a fourteen year old. And also how it's so fucked up how like they just make the dad fucking be pissed off that the 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 kid like that Bo Bridges robbed him beforehand. That the investigator that is there is not to investigate oh, the disappearance yeah. of Bob Bridges. It's the disappearance of his money. <laughs> I forgot about that. Oh, Jesus. It's just... It's... Yeah. But this movie reminded me also because of the bad sets. It's kind <laughs> of a... Dro- it's the... The... Uh, after hours version of uh, of Bedford Falls the town from uh, It's a Wonderful Life <laughs> yes slightly slightly more rural I think yeah. less white picket fence less suburbia but no kind more... of like the outskirts of the town yeah. you know <laughs> Yeah, I kind of like that. Like, you don't really, like, you get, like, a little small bit of, like, Main Street, but not really. I yeah. kind of like how close this film is. And, like, obviously, probably because they had no money, but, like, it really works for the atmosphere of the yeah. film. And I think that, like, despite all the, like, missteps and particularly, like, the erratic nature of the main character's performance, I think that the atmosphere really carries the whole thing yeah. through to the end. And, like, that, that is really important. And... I just like even whenever it was being ridiculous, I never felt take taken out of it because it's just like, eh. well, like I think is that the the movie even the the beginning how fucking ridiculous the bowling scenes are, <laughs> the, just so over the top. But the, um, like I felt that at times, even though it couldn't be, it felt like a satire of a film noir. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. That it just grabs everything and shows it, throws it at the wall. <laughs> because his performance at times. Yeah, he somehow uh, is able to walk the th- the thin line of being both like completely miscast, yeah, and at times be able to be like the pot boiler kind of. Yeah. Uh, uh, oh, he has some hardcore he has some kind of guy. Fabulous looks, yeah. looks off into the distance, like oh, the guy's face—it's such a such a like interesting physique of a guy as well like he's really short and he has those like you know almost 50s yeah. like up to the middle trousers yeah. and everything and like he just looks so uncomfortable all the time he looks like somebody that uh, would work in a 1950s SO garage like in the middle of nowhere you know that you pull over and, and he just kind of comes out just like chewing just kind of looking at you yeah, no he looks like off. a Carlos you know he looks like a carriage salesman because he kind of looks like Don Draper whenever like um what do you call her Anna Draper first <laughs> When you, said Cal, when you said car, car salesman, I thought that you were going to say Cal Sagan. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, no, uh, Jesus. No, Cal Sagan was all about the turtle legs. Yeah. Come on now. Let's and, uh, get, our, get our ears of trousers right. Uh, <laughs> a much lower waist, thankfully. Although not so much in the older age. Yeah. He was starting to look a little bit Peter Sarsgaard an experimenter towards the end. But what's hilarious about this uh, th- this film as well, his performance is that... Uh, 
the reason that I said that is a very Nicolas Cage performance is that he goes zero to 60 yeah. in no time. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, uh, oh. he'll just be there like sitting, listening or whatever. And then do. something happens and he's like, fucking flip over at the it's table. It's just like a loss of control that I don't even know if it's performance or if it's just like you have to get upset in the scene and he has no way to get there. Yeah. So it's just like, like, oh, it's As just the, so like, fun to watch. Even in the scenes where there's a bit, enough time for him to build up to the moment. Yeah. They, when it, even other actors of the of the, like Richard Windmark in like yeah. even in in something like uh, in Judgment at Nuremberg <laughs> that he's able to even though he's completely over the top in Breakfast that he's able to build up to the moment to be over the that top. That is all also a much more serious film. Yeah, but I mean that in the sense that it's not something of the time that is the yeah, issue. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. Like it, it, no, like, no, no. This guy's erratic for any decade. But like, he, there's no... But even, like, he has the time <laughs> to build up from zero to six and it's like, take your time. <sighs> you're gonna be, You're gonna be screaming at the end. Don't start too high because you have no room to go. You know, it's like singing. You, if you have to go low, you start mm. kind of high so you have room to go. You can't fucking start like a Roy Orbison song and start already like this because then we have to go Where lower. are you going to go? Yeah, yeah, there's no room. You have no... <laughs> but here, he starts so low that you think, okay, he's going to like really like cramp it up. No, like he's like low, 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 high. <laughs> <laughs> yeah oh it's so fun uh, I do want to just briefly say before we, we go on to favourite things uh, I do love his relationship with um, with yeah. Billy um, and like his you know his protection of like not just yeah. like his protection of that and like oh the guy who was bullied and protecting people who are bullied but like um, like there are scenes whenever he like attacks him and everything and um uh, yeah, no, I just I really like their um um the sort of representation of their relationship and like the little moments that he has with them. Yeah. Um, and like particularly whenever he goes into the bathroom with him, um, like that's a that's a really nice little scene because like yeah. as he leaves the bathroom, he just sort of like touches his just sort of like his shoulder, his face as he leaves, and it's like a little moment in your man, like this, like these little moments of tenderness that yeah. he's like able to show to people that he sees like that you know are having the same sort of like trouble that he has, um. But that's why, as well, like why his performance is not altogether reprehensible. But within scenes, he's great, and then goes crazy. Like it's, or at the same time, like there are some scenes where he's able to do the heightened thing, yeah. and then can't do the low thing. Like there, I mean, it's across all registers. He's. But also the somewhat the the petulance of the performance is on point because even how Gilly says that he's truly just a scared little boy yeah. inside there. But, but at the same time, it's like sometimes it feels like on purpose, and other yeah, times yeah, it just yeah, feels. Yeah, yeah. Um, he just doesn't have a handle on the reason why we haven't seen him in many other things. <laughs> uh, but he's uh, perfectly like I think I, that's the thing is that would I have enjoyed the movie more or less? Like it would have made the movie better if he was a better actor yeah. but I don't know if I would enjoy it more because it's kind of like it's, it's not that movie yeah. though you know what I mean like that that's why I was like because I put it on and I was like oh noir it's going to be so serious and everything and like, I'd look at it I was like oh yeah you know like southern noir and I threw it on and I was like oh my god this is fucking so fun like just it's like Nicolas Cage like I mentioned that yeah. there are moments that Nicolas you go and think oh why is Nicolas Cage not doing the serious stuff because he is truly a good actor but when you watch The Rock, you don't want leaving Las Vegas, Nicolas Cage. You, you know what I mean? Welcome to The Rock. You a-hole! Uh, okay. Uh, but uh, just uh, on the, the point of Billy and mm. that scene in particular, that, uh, what I found hilarious, number one, the fucking choreography of the fight with Bo Bridges, it's hilarious. As in, even for 40 standards, it's, it's, they, they take a full, like, 10 second pauses from, like, like, you know, it feels like they're string like it uh, was a fucking spring loaded that they had to bring their arms back and they're like just wind it up like yeah, and they go like Pete Townsend like they, they hold there for like a good 10 seconds before releasing the punch and like holding each other doing like this circle thing it feels almost that they didn't choreograph at all and the actors is like okay I'll give you plenty of time so you can count on three every time I'll swing so you know what's going on kind of thing and then just there's something about the sound effects or punches of that area that just makes it the kata kata why did anyone ever think that that was realistic like oh it's just I I thoroughly enjoyed this movie I thought that it was uh, 
it, it was a like complete trash i think yeah, with moments r- of no truce. that's it it's yeah. like it's absolutely brilliant and then it's ridiculous that like oh god i had so much fun with it but at the same um, time it, it's the weird thing is that melodrama you have like somebody like from douglas Sirk to uh, uh to fucking aki kurosmaki mm. that is able to heighten and make everything completely unreal and stuff but because they maintain the same tone yeah. and the same weird performance you throughout you, yeah. you, you're thrown into this world that for the hour and a half or 87 minutes that's how people talk that's how it that's is, how yeah. people that's the say world, that's yeah. the world it doesn't matter that everything is really bright blue or bright red or whatever the fuck <laughs> i wish that this movie was technicolor <gasps> that is like my biggest like oh my but especially like Still in the crappy sets, oh you know, God. like a uh, fucking with the fake plants. Yeah, yeah, like oh everything yes. would have been like fucking the, the swampy, like water <laughs> that they just put there in the, in the sets, and it's it's like brown. fucking the asbestos that are below, kind of like fermenting to the top. <laughs> I'm glad that I'm glad that you did enjoy it because I was worried that you would just like I I, I kind of thought that you would enjoy it because it is kind of fun as well as like having like a little bit of meat in there as well like just yeah I like there are moments in this like I'm just like oh but well, see, like I was afraid that I would start talking and complaining about things and that you'd be like oh you're impossible to please as you usually do no, it's but not, it, no. this proves that like in the right situation my problem is not when the movies have issues my problem is that movies have issues when they that movie shouldn't have that issue in particular it's like unforgivable little mistakes well this is the kind of movie that is like it's part of it like sometimes sometimes you're completely justified in like what you say and then other times i'm just like shut up (laughs) you know what i mean (laughs) that's not one of those weeks um but uh on that note uh what was your favorite thing? Well, uh, my favorite thing is uh, uh, a three-way tie. Some kind of cheating. Yeah, would be the sheriff. Okay. The like he reminded me even like of people like the the one of the lawyers for Steve Avery in uh, uh, making a murder and oh, stuff. Oh yeah. That is, like, Southern gentleman. That yeah. He's like a oh, redemption is. Uh, as uh, so often is with human affairs will have to wait and yeah. stuff like that it's like just oh, putting little bits of poetry in so there so poignant uh, I, I loved his performance uh, I wish that like I'm actually gonna google and see if, if he ever played a lawyer in the film like, <laughs> I, like I'd pay good money just to see him do like a uh, closing statements or something. Uh, uh, do you think that um, Dustin Hoffman in fucking um, Runaway Jury <laughs> No, <laughs> was definitely channeling a little bit of that. No, it has to be uh, fucking Al Pacino and, and Justice for All. Oh God! And this concludes my opening statement. Uh, uh, I say a line when you can scream it. Come <laughs> <laughs> on, liar, liar! Your pants are fire. Ah! Uh, the second would be the music that we haven't touched upon. Oh, I totally forgot about so that. So fucking good. Oh my god! It, it, it's uh, it, like it almost doesn't fit the film. It feels like they were writing the soundtrack at the same time that then. the movie was being made, <laughs> as if they just recorded like uh, a jazz band kind of like just. <laughs> they just gave them the the gist of the film and went like just make music inspired Southern by Gothic. that feeling kind of thing, and they just kept <laughs> going. Whatever. And the third is the cinematography that at parts reminded me, even with the plot of the movie, remind me of Frankenstein, the oh. fucking uh, film with um, Boris Karloff, like the oh. original Frankenstein. So like uh, even the parts of the, the pond and stuff with the yeah. little girl whatever, and the character, I don't know if it was inspired or not, but I, I really like B movies of that era. Like, uh, so great. The, even I... Uh, the, um, I've picked a couple of movies of directors that have made movies of that era. Mm. Like that ilk. Yeah. So, uh, what's your favorite things? Oh, mine is probably a three-way tie between cinematography, sheriff, and Mo. Yeah. Because I love Mo. I love the Mo as yeah, well. Like I haven't mentioned Mo, but I really the whole like thing him. With the yeah. dogs and everything. Like he's just such a wonderful character. But like his performance at times, it just feels like he must have been in another movie, like in the train <laughs> level crossing. Uh, you know, like I wonder if he was like, if he was alive, 
I wonder if he was in the in uh, Oh Brother Where Art Thou? Like because his voice sounds really familiar with your man oh, that is like I doubt it. I have no name. But at the same time, that no, might be I, I quite don't. racist to be like, oh, there, there's another black guy in this other movie that I've seen. Um, oh, but no, it's kind it's of a... because of the feel of the character, I think yeah. that like, uh, but at the same time, it might be because if that type of character has become kind of a stereotype, yeah. that have, it, it might feel more familiar than whatever, but the execution is brilliant. Yeah. Uh, and it feels like a true relationship between him. It feels that on the page it is a cliche, but his delivery is so yeah. uh, human. And... Your man is much better with him as well, yeah. I think, when he's playing off him. so I suppose that like in th- those moments, they're so quiet or whatever, that he has no room to do his to cage scream, business. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. So when you, when you bring him down to that level, he's nowhere else to go, so he stays at his best. Yeah. But um, yeah, I got the elected. Oh, least favorite thing. <laughs> yes, <laughs> fucking cutting me up there. Uh, least favorite thing. Um, it's between two things, but I think the what like the 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 whole uh, rapey vibe about the beginning. Mm. You can not forgive it because obviously we shouldn't look away from those things, even if it is from the past. Mm. But at the same time, it is a film made in 1948, so it's not as unforgivable as how truly tragic the ending is and not in a narrative sense like the the ending of this movie it's been a long time that <laughs> and so considering as well that the ending of hereditary that i saw on friday is so bad Aww. that it's like two movies in a row that i watched and i was like Aww. no <laughs> i'm over this bad ending correct uh what was your least favorite thing ah the ending <laughs> yeah i mean like it's kind of funny as well but it's just like oh god oh lads no literally like walking off into the sunset like jesus it feels like when you're watching a student short that they create like a good (laughs) concept and then they don't know how to end it and they they've been told oh the movie has to be 10 minutes long or whatever and you get in and it's like as soon as on and then they it was a dream (laughs) they lived forever like what i wanted what i really wanted was the whole thing that's the shower saying oh uh it's a a jury won't believe you if you're coming back in handcuffs or whatever. Mm. And I thought it would have been hilarious if, as he's walking away, there were like a rolling kind of uh, uh, text comes in, like final text saying the jury didn't believe him, even though he walked back in, was hanged in the end as well. Yeah. Something even as uh, brutal oh, as that. Super that. Pulpy. Yeah. Yeah. Like, that's the thing is that, like, you really you could have. It's just a few small changes would have yeah. really, like, yeah. Well, like, for one is that the ending should have been a bad ending. The movie really, really doesn't deserve a happy ending. I, said, like, they, I saw a review today because I actually haven't read anything on the making of or even I, oh, I, I, I haven't really anything about seen him. anything else from the director. No, I don't really know much about him, to be honest. And, uh, I've kind of uh, forgotten, I think, of it. Yeah, like uh, in one of the reviews, they're saying, like, oh, one of the forgotten masterpieces of this director. So definitely we'll have a look mm. at other his stuff. But one of the parts that's saying, like, oh, it's refreshing that a movie of this type gets a happy ending. And I'm like, no, there's a reason why. It's not a... Ri- I mean, I mean, it would have been original it, it, no, if it like, deserved it, it. It, it. Yeah. I mean, like, it is kind of like, oh, but you're like, because it's so badly handled. It's just, so he oh. killed a man for no reason. Yeah, like, it's not like... You, lest you know, we forget. Like, it's like, nar- like, it's one of narrative rules that... Narrative rule, like, for main characters that... Main characters should also be punished for making the right decision, mm. you know, and they should be punished for doing the right thing from the beginning. Like uh, life he, would. Uh, he's been rewarded for doing the wrong thing and the movie is not... <laughs> Acknowledging that at all. Yeah, and it's not setting itself as a satire of a commentary mm. on like... and it's all, that person punishment is, or... But that person would be Nicolas Cage in Bad Lieutenant and it's like clearly he's the villain of the movie. It gets away with everything. <laughs> <laughs> like a man, uh, what's his face? The, the guy that plays... Uh, uh, Steve Buscemi's brother in Boardwalk Empire and also in the in Silver oh, Linings Playbook. Oh yeah, well, uh, I have no idea what that guy's called. Like uh, me and my brother call him the Woe Guy Eli. just because of uh, Lieutenant uh, the when uh, Nicolas Cage does something to him in that movie and he's like, whoa, <laughs> whoa, <laughs> bad mistake. <coughs> yeah, uh, but uh, on, on that, that note, note uh, this was a uh, Moonrise Kingdom. <laughs> This was Moonlight. Uh... 
Where can they find us, Ricardo? They can find us uh, on the Recommendation Game Facebook page. They can find us at the Racket Game on Twitter. The Recommendation Game at gmail.com if you want to send us something more than whatever amount of characters you need on Twitter anymore. Everyone <laughs> lost track. Uh, uh, you can find us on Double Digital Radio every Monday, 11 to 12. And you can also uh, find our back catalogue on the Double Digital Radio Mixcloud. And, and iTunes and iTunes, our SoundCloud. Yes. Uh, also leave a review if you want. Blah blah blah, etc. Uh, stuff. Uh, <laughs> what people say. Yeah, that, <clears throat> that's the thing. Yeah. Next week's film is Ricardo's pick. What are you picking, Ricardo? Da na no no. Picking close encounters of the third kind. <laughs> very good. Very good. I love that. Ironically, I'll just mention this that we went to watch uh, uh, Sound of Music, my mom and Alex. Yeah. And I never realized how ironic it was that my mom uh, taught us how to sing really uh, by singing uh, idea. And considering how I ended up and how she sings as well, it's quite ironic that we say the notes, but we don't hit the, <laughs> the, the, the note that it is. It's convenient that all the Von Trapp family were uh, somehow able to hit them. Yeah. But, uh, and yeah. escape the Nazis at the same time mm, as well. Magic family. Uh, well, yeah, that was uh, Moonrise. Georg. Georg. <laughs> uh, yeah, so uh, thanks for listening. See you next week. <laughs>